Today's daf is Pei Aleph in Yoma. We are six lines from the top of the Amud. Uh, Amud Aleph. Where it says, uh, For someone who eats and drinks, it doesn't combine. Meaning there's a measurement for Achilah. There's a the measurement of the, the size of the large date. And then there's also a measurement of drinking, uh, which is the cheeks full. And these don't combine. So if you have part of, a, you know, part of uh, some solid food and then you drink a little bit, it doesn't combine. Even if you did it to the larger measurement... Uh, it wouldn't combine to uh, produce uh, any obligation. So Gemara says, Mantana, who is the author of our Mishnah? Really, is based on a machloket elsewhere in Masachet Meila, I think it is. Um, am I right? So it's a machloket in the Mishnah, that, uh, which is uh, where it's Rabbi Yoshua. It's Rabbi Yoshua, it's not. Klal... Amar Rabbi Yeshua, it's Meila. Okay, it says on the top, yeah. Klal Amar Rabbi Yeshua, kol shetum atov v'shiro shaveh mitzaref. Tumatov v'lo shiro, shiro v'lo tumatov, lo tumatov v'lo shiro in mitzarefin. So in order to qualify to combine two items when it comes to the framework of tum'ah, so what you need is, uh, there, you need the measurement and the duration of the tum'ah to be the same. So you can have sometimes two two items that the, two, the, the measurement for tum'ah is the same, meaning like, let's first say, say for example, nevela. Touching a dead animal, uh, let's say a kosher animal that dies without shechita is called nevela. You touch a kazayit of it, you become tamei. A dead body also of a human, you touch a kazayit of it, you become tamei. The difference is that one of them is a one-day tumah, one of them is a seven-day tumah. So the, the duration of the tumah is different. So that's, called, that's what he's talking about when he says tumato is not equal. Tumato is not equal means a duration, right? Shiro is that some things, let's say, like we said, nevelan tumatmet, it's by a kazait. But if you get tamay from a sheretz, it's only a lentil size, ka'adasha. So that's a different, um, it's a different measurement. So even though it might also be a one-day tum'ah, in that case, it's a one-day tum'ah. And in the case of nevelav and animal, it's a one-day tum'ah, but they don't combine together because the measurements are different. Right, that's Rabbi Yoshua. So he's saying the same thing here, that since the... Uh, since the uh, eating and the drinking have different measurements, one is measured by a date's size and one of them is measured by a cheek size, so therefore they, you, they don't combine. But the implication is that according to the Chachamim, that you could combine, right, that you could combine even though the measurements are different and they would say you could combine, let's say, to the stricter of the two measurements. In other words, you could combine uh, to the larger of the two measurements uh, eating and drinking, that's what the implication is, right? That, that if you had one, let's assume that uh, the large date is bigger, right? So then if you had a little bit of liquid and, and some food and it combined to the large date size, so that would be, uh, we're not talking about Ogmele Chabasha, we're talking about the regular, the regular cheekful. So probably that would be less than a uh, date. So that would mean that, um, that if you, the, the implications of Chachamim would say it would combine. Now, Rav Nachman said, no, even the rabbis might agree with regard to Yom Kippur, because that may be the only reason why the rabbis over there say that things can combine together and they disagree with Rabbi Yoshua, is that over there, uh, the status of Tum'ah is the same. In other words, the concept of Tum'ah is a generic concept, a general concept. And then under that heading, you have, well, did you become Tamei from this source, from that source? How long is the Tum'ah? But basically, the status of Tum'ah is always the same, right? It could be that the rabbis even would agree here with what is stated in our Mishnah. It's not only Rabbi Yoshua's opinion, because maybe when it comes to Tum'ah, where the bottom line is, we classify somebody as either Tamei or not Tamei. 
oh, they became Tamei from a part of this and a part of that and we combine them together. Okay, but at the end of the day, they're called Tamei. It doesn't matter how they got there maybe. But here, since it's a matter of Yishuv Hadat, the person feeling satisfied psychologically from what they uh, a little bit of Yishuv Hadad from the food or the drink. So having a little bit of food and a little bit of drink doesn't satisfy either one. So you could say that they don't combine because psychologically they're two different tracks and they don't combine at all. And then we have a similar V'chein uh, Lakish. Lakish Lakish said the same thing that initially here we saw that Rav Chisda said, which is he initially said that this is related to the same it's really that the fact that our Mishnah says that eating and drinking do not combine for the measurement is because it's following the position of Rabbi Yoshua that different types of Tum'ah don't combine Rabbi Yochanan said not necessarily even the rabbis might agree here that the combination uh, is uh, not possible, right? Because the only reason why they say over there that you could have combination is because tum'ah, at the end of the day, the person's classified as tamay. It doesn't matter how they became tamay so much. But it could be that when it comes to Yom Kippur, it's a psychological thing. And psychologically, eating and drinking are not the same thing. When it comes to tum'ah, being tamay is the same legal results. So if the person combined a little bit of sheretz, a little bit of nevela, a little bit of tumat med, so they could, we could say that at the end of the day, they became tamay. It doesn't matter what their psychology is. Oh, they, they didn't feel like they became tamay because it was only a little bit of this. It doesn't matter, right? I don't feel the tumat. Like a person says, I don't feel the spirituals. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, so, that, so that's, that's the conclusion. Now the Mishnah says, Yes? If you are having liquid in the salive, increasing the volume, so it does become this situation, right. Yitu Vedata, he's going to get Yishudah. Right. Now, if you come and have the Sali, the liquid separately, you're saying that in this situation, exactly. Yeah, that's it. One is drinking, right. one is eating. Like, like, I think, I think it would say a, like a chorus or something like that, where it's like that's that's like the liquid and the solid are combined into one entity. It's really a solid. It's really it's really eating. You know, I'm drinking or masabzi. You don't drink it. You know, or, it's a drink. Or, 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 or a piece of bread if it's right. too light. You, Liquid. To become substance, yeah, right. It's qualifying the salad. I think it's qualifying the salad. But if you, if you drank you it, you wouldn't feel like, oh, that quenched my thirst. Let's put the opposite. You take korshesabzi. Yeah. Right. Make it a drink. Now you're going to have a juicy. It's going to be less than kotevet. Right. In this situation, you have it separately. Okay. Right. Then you. Well, it wouldn't be okay, but it would be. It wouldn't be chayav. Right. Right. Yeah. It's psychological. The drinking and eating is different. I think. Even if you try like a liquid diet, a lot of times liquid Absolutely. diet, they don't work for people because they don't get the satisfaction of like, like slim fast and stuff like that. It doesn't work because they feel like I didn't eat anything. It's psychological. I didn't eat anything. I only drank. I didn't eat. So they, even though they might have had the right amount of calories, they drink the slim fast, you know. But part of the reason it doesn't work for a lot of people is because even though they drank enough calories for a whole day, they think that they didn't eat anything. It's, it's very, you see that they really had an insight into that. It's very true. Now the Mishnah says, If a person ate and drank in one state of unawareness. So we learned about the Helem before. That Helem is the idea that if you forgot it was Yom Kippur. Or you forgot it was prohibited to eat and drink on Yom Kippur. And in that forgetfulness, you did a sin multiple times. Like we've said on Shabbat, we usually learn this. That if a person forgets it's Shabbat and they do ten melachot, it was really just one mistake. Right? Or if they forgot a certain malacha was prohibited, they didn't, they didn't know you weren't allowed to write on Shabbat. So even though they did it 10 times, it was one mistake, right? So it says, you ate and you drank. Since they're real, even though they're two different forms of prohibition and they don't combine together, they're still considered one inui. So you're only going to be liable for one khatat, which is very interesting. 
On the other hand, if the person uh, ate and they did mlachad, and then chayav shtei chataot, he's going to be liable for two things. He forgot it was Yom Kippur, but he did two distinct things um, that, uh, that were wrong. Um, it's tre shemot ninhu. He says two different categories. So the person, really you would have to say that um, you would have to say that he for, he didn't forget that it was Yom Kippur then because if he forgot that it was Yom Kippur that would always seem to to uh, to make the activities that the person did all under one mistake we would think right you would think it would be all under one mistake in that case so if we wanted to simplify it and avoid that problem we could say that the person forgot you weren't allowed to do melacha you know and he also forgot he forgot that you weren't allowed to do melacha and he forgot that you weren't allowed to uh, eat and drink. Then he forgot them separately, so you would have two chataot, as opposed to eating and drinking. Even though he forgot eating and he forgot drinking, he, he would still be only one thing, right? He forgot so, the, so the question I'm wondering is if you forget Yom Kippur, like when you forget Shabbat, it's always considered one, one mistake, no matter what you do is one mistake. So it wouldn't matter, it's still Helen Achat. So like I'm trying to make it that it would fit with all the different possibilities. Um, yeah, that because, because when it comes to Shabbat, if a person forgot it was Shabbat and he did 100 melachot, it's only one mistake. Only one chatat. So you combine eating and drinking in this case. In this case, you would combine eating and drinking because it's one isur. It's one violation. It's just two different forms of doing the violation. That's what it's trying to say. You're not combining it. Right. You're not combining it. It's, one th- it's really one violation. It's just you didn't fully violate the, the thing. That's it. Even though they don't combine. Right. Well, like eating and drinking, I'm saying. Oh, 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 you're saying, oh, because it's two different prohibitions, so maybe you'll say that it's not one mistake. It's two different mistakes, you could say. Maybe it would still count. Yeah, I have to, I'll look at what the Rambam says in Hilchotchka, goes where we talk about it, but. Yeah, it is. The question is whether, whether the Yom Kippur is different than Shabbat in that way, because when it comes to Shabbat, we always say if a person forgot it was Shabbat, that's a Mishnah, right? So when it comes to Yom Kippur, do we not say that? So is this saying even if the person forgot it was Yom Kippur? Or it's saying no, it's saying that he forgot the two prohibitions. That's why he, that's why he is, uh, he just thought you're supposed to go to the synagogue, synagogue on Yom Kippur. He forgot they weren't allowed to eat, he forgot they weren't allowed to eat, whatever. It could be. Um, anyway, Amar Esh Lakish, Mepnei Malo Onemar, oh, I, I skipped part of the Mishnah, sorry. Yeah, a person ate food that is not, uh, is not edible, like herring, for example. Or he drank things that are not, uh, are not drinkable, right? Potable, I guess is the technical word. Um, so then he, that would be a, uh, it, it should say patur, the word patur is missing. Shatat sir, right? In our Mishnah it doesn't say. But if he drank like fish brine or these other things, basically that are not considered to be normally drunk, so then he's not liable for eating and drinking. The point is that just because you ingest something doesn't mean it's considered eating. You eat paper, you ate dirt, and anything like that, not considered eating. Now the Gemara says, Why doesn't the Torah explicitly say, when it comes to Inui? If you look at the way that the Torah describes um, Afflicting yourself on Yom Kippur, it's actually phrased in a positive, right? You have to. Um, it's actually a mitzvah, a say, positive mitzvah. Why doesn't it ever say negative? It's very unusual. And that would imply that if a person, let's say, was warned, if you warn somebody not to eat on Yom Kippur, you can't give them a code because it's not a lotase. That's the implication, right? That's the implication. Right? There's no azara. Normally there would be, but it never says that. 
So it says, no, so Mishum, the life shah, the answer is because there's no way to phrase it. Because Echi Nichtov, what will it write? Nichtov, Achmana, it should say, Lo Tochal, probably, or Lo Tochlu. Right? The Torah should have said, don't eat. But Achila, Bechazait, we already learned that there's a reason the Torah chooses the word, uh, doesn't use the word Le'echol. Doesn't use the word to eat because it doesn't want to prohibit a Kazait, it wants to prohibit a date size because it's trying to say that it's psychological, it's not just the act of eating that's involved. Right? So it can't use the word achila, so that won't work. So therefore, what else could you say? So nichtovachmana lo te'uneh, if it said lo te'uneh and use the word inui, so it's funny because like sometimes the, a word can mean itself and its opposite. Like you could say, um, you, you could say sometimes, uh, uh, like they'll say dishino. To lidashen at mizbeach means to like dirty the mizbeach, but it actually means to clean off the the ashes from the mizbeach. Right? To ash the mizbeach means to clean it of the ashes. Sometimes you have things like that in Hebrew, where the and even in English sometimes, where the um, where you use a word that actually means like the reverse of the uh, uh, of its what what it would seem to mean. It could mean either way. It could mean like. In the, uh, it can mean um, the positive or the negative. So the point is that the, um, so you might have thought that, but then kum achol mashma, that would sound like it's telling you don't fast, and then you would think that you should go and eat. So the point is that it can't be vague and say lote une, because lote une would mean don't afflict yourself. And even though you're going to say, well, maybe it's using it reverse psychology, sort of, like sometimes the language, the language will do that, but that would be unclear, so it doesn't say that. So then, so therefore, since the Torah can't express to the idea of afflicting yourself in a negative expression, that won't be misleading, so it doesn't do, do it. So Matzkiv Larav Hoshaya of Hoshaya objected and said, Why doesn't the Torah just say, Be careful lest you not afflict yourself? Right? Why can't it say that? says, no, because Hishamer and Pen are two negative words. That would be too much. Double, Double be too, too levy. Why can't it just say, Be careful with the mitzvah inoi? That wouldn't, because hishamer to guard always means a negative commandment. So why can't you use that? Tazimken hishamer de lav, right? The problem is that when you say that hishamer de lav lav, hishamer de say because even the word hishamer, when we say to guard yourself um, for a positive thing, it still comes ends up being a, a mitzvah ase, not a mitzvah lotase. Only when you say hishamer with something negative do we say that it's a lotase. And here we're saying that there's no real way to express negative. Um, the idea of afflicting yourself in a way that's going to have a, be a negative commandment. So then he says, okay, Why can't you say, don't depart from the affliction? That's a negative, that's a negative expression. And the Gemara says, Kasha, you're right, we don't have an answer for that one. So the point is, there could have been an expression that Torah could have used to say it in a negative, as a negative commandment, but it didn't do that. So now, the following Tana found a solution to the problem. Now there are two psukim. There's a pasuk that says, and there's one that says, So our, the side here, the Gemara decided, the, the person who wrote the, um, the part on the side took, took the pasuk from Bamidbar, which has, which is why it appears that way in some Gemarot. Ours has, vich, uh, ours has the um, has the Vav, and in the Hagaot it says um, that there's another Pasuk, the Pasuk in Parashat Emor, that has the Vav. Right? Okay. But uh, anyway, so it says, you should afflict yourselves and don't do any Melacha. You might have thought that you should also be punished, meaning you should also have to have a punishment for... Adding, meaning when you add on the extra minutes before Yom Kippur starts, 
That should also be uh, the same punishment. Talmud Lomar, v'chol ha-nef shalot asher ta'aseh kol melacha be'etzim ha-yom hazeh v'ha-vadid, should say the end of the pasuk according to the Bach, right? That it's saying that anybody who does melacha on this very day, be'etzim ha-yom hazeh, on this very day, should get karet. Al-itzimo shal-yom anosh karet. Ve'enu anosh karet al-tosef melacha, which means he doesn't get karet on the ad- adding of the time. So let's say if Yom Kippur starts at 7.30 and you start at 7.15, you start early, right? That part, you don't get karet for that part if you did melacha during that time, even though you accepted the fast early, okay? It's a lot of, what's going to talk about where they derive that from. But yechol yo yena osh karet al tosefet melacha. Huh? We're going to, it's going to talk about it. So it says, yechol yo yena osh karet al tosefet melacha al yet anosh karet al tosefet inui. So maybe you'll think that's true about the melacha, but it's not true about inui. If you add 10 minutes onto the fast, uh, and you eat during that time, so then you would get karet. So that Talmud Lamar, kikol anef shel asher lo teunet, says anybody who doesn't afflict themselves, be'etzem ayom on this very day, v'nechreta, he's going to be cut off. Meaning only somebody who fails to fast on the day of Yom Kippur itself. But if you added time, you're not going to get karet. Ali tzumo shel yom, ash karet, v'no anush karet, al tosefet inoi. The extra time, you don't get karet for that failure. So yachol lo yehe b'chlal onesh, lo yehe musar al tosefet melacha. So you might have thought, that true that you wouldn't uh, get karet, but uh, maybe you'll think that you are liable, you, that it's a love, and you would get makot for doing it. It says, It says, Any you should not do on this very day. And now it's quoting a pasuk. Uh, definitely this pasuk is the one from Vayikra uh, this time. Right? So, there's two, because it said, That was was the Pasuk later on in the Perek that says, Anybody who does Malacha on this very day will get Karet. But it said, Also, when it tells you the Lotase, when it tells you the commandment not to do Malacha, it says, Meaning even the lotase only applies really to the day itself, not to the extra minutes that you add. Right? The adding of the extra time, he doesn't get any makot for that. Okay. So maybe you'll say that true that the person won't be liable to makot for the extra time that he adds onto the fast when it comes to melacha. Uh, but what about inui? What about the fast, if he eats during that time, shouldn't he get, uh, shouldn't he get some kind of punishment? Vedinu. And it's logical because Here, since you see that when it comes to Mlacha, that applies to Shabbat, Shabbat and Yom Tov, Shabbatot and Yamim Tovim, you have a, um, you have a, a concept of, uh, of Isur Mlacha. And yet, the additional time that you add, you don't get any kind of makot for that. So, inui, right? So, uh, so the, the point is that uh, if you see that when it comes to melacha that exists on every Shabbat and Yom Tov, and you can even add on to every Shabbat and Yom Tov if you want to, and yet the additional time you don't get makot for violating it, or you wouldn't get, let's say, mitat bedin on Shabbat for violating it. So inui, which is something that's only for Yom Kippur, for sure you're not going to, for that additional time, going to be getting makot for violating it. Aval- what? They're going to learn a pasuk that's going to teach you, but we didn't get up to that yet. Because that's adding a mitzvah, adding some time onto the mitzvah is not a, 
uh, not a uh, considered about to save adding like a few adding extra time is not the same as adding a new a new holiday or adding a new you know new mitzvah it's just adding time on you know it's just showing more kavod to the holiday we still didn't see where do you get azhara where do you get the idea of makot at all that there's a lotase for, for, for eating on Yom Kippur because it always expresses it in the positive way. Afflict yourself. Even though afflict yourself sounds like negative, meaning but it's a positive state. It's create the state of deprivation. It doesn't say it in a negative language that would be a lotase. So it says, how do you know that? Minayin. So it says, We wouldn't need to know that there's karet. We wouldn't have to hear that there's karet by melacha. We would learn it from Inui. Uma Inui shino no hegvish abadot yamim tovim anush karet. If we see that, 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 that not fasting, that eating on Yom Kippur, you get karet for it, right? Even though it's something that's unique to Yom Kippur and doesn't exist on other holidays. Melacha shino hegvish abadot yamim tovim. Melacha, the Isor Melacha that applies to every Shabbat in Yom Tov. Lokoshikin, so certainly should also have at least the same punishment as the special aspect of Yom Kippur, if not more. But we always say, Dai level minadin liot kenidon. We don't go further than the Kal- in the Kalvachomer. We only go up to the basis of the Kalvachomer. So meaning, if we see that Inui, which is specific only to Yom Kippur, has 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 karet. So certainly, uh, certainly melacha would right. So therefore, lama nemar. Why does it mention uh, onesh? Why does it mention karet by melacha? Mufnets to leave it open. It's in order to allow that extra mention of karet by melacha. For shava, since it says onish in both cases, the punishment is mentioned in both cases. Just like the melacha, you're only punished uh, when you are warned. So too, so, so too, from the fact that it says a punishment, basically by the by eating, the implication is that there's a warning not to do it. So we're deriving it basically from the case of of shava to melacha. They learn from each other. Okay, they learn from each other and therefore there's an implicit, you could say, an invisible implicit warning not to eat on Yom Kippur. But the problem is, we could undo that because there's never an exception to eating on Yom Kippur. We never have a situation where eating on Yom Kippur is part of any mitzvah. However, how are you going to say that about Melacham? Melacham is done quite a lot in the Beit HaMikdash, for example, on Yom Kippur and on Shabbat and on Yom Tov, there's a lot of lacha. Meaning, there's no case where part of the service is to eat. Oh, part of the service. It's saying on on every Shabbat, there's chilul Shabbat in the Beit Hamikdash. Chilul Shabbat, putting in quotes. No, not literally. Meaning that they're they're doing shechita, bishul, fire, everything. Right. And and on Yom Kippur, the holiest day, they're doing you know. Uh, they're doing all of these things uh, Shechita Burning Fire <laughs> Right But no eating Right So it's saying There's no exception So therefore You can't compare Because you could say Well yeah Inui is more strict It has karet But maybe Melachan Yom Kippur Wouldn't have karet Maybe I can't assume That it would have karet Just because it appears On every Shabbat and Yom Tov Because maybe There's something about Inui That's more special It's, it's non-negotiable Right It's never bent Rather, we will go the other way around. It wouldn't have to mention the punishment of karet by eating on Yom Kippur. We would learn it from the case of Melacha because because we could have said the opposite that Melacha, where, where it's violated, in other words, where it's more lenient because we bend the rules of Melacha and the Beit HaMikdash on Yom Kippur and yet you get karet if you did it outside the Beit HaMikdash or outside the Avodah. So certainly when it comes to the fasting, which is non-negotiable, non-bendable, we would say that you 
should get karet. Lama nemar. So why is it mentioned? Why is karet mentioned? They're mukhtat to make leave it open. Leakish v'ladun b'men gzerah shava to make this gzerah shava as follows. Nemar onj binoi v'nemar onj b'melacha. That just like it says by uh, it says uh, the punishment of karet by the fasting, and it says the same by melacha. But mam melacha anash vizir af inoi anash vizir. Just like there's a warning. Lotasum lach right. Lotasem melacha not to do melacha on Yom Kippur. We extend that also that it says if it also said don't eat on Yom Kippur. Right. We're taking that as. Uh, an implied azara. So it's the same argument of Gzerah Shabbat, just flipping it the other way. Which part was unnecessary? The mention of karet by the fast or the mention of the karet by the melacha? But either way, there's something linking the two of them that allows us to make Gzerah Shabbat and say that the, the, the warning applied to both. So, but again, we could break that down too and say, you could say that no, maybe the reason why Shabbat and Yom Tov, the reason why melacha is uh, uh, the reason why Inui is a uh, you know has karet even though it's uh, you know is because it's something which is um, uh, is a uh, is specific to Yom Kippur, whereas the the uh, the sh- the melacha case the case of melacha which is a more general thing it's a prohibition that applies to every Shabbat and Yom Tov and therefore it is something that is uh, uh, can be uh, negotiated can be sometimes treated more leniently you can't necessarily say. That uh, from melacha you could learn from that to the case of of inui because melacha because you're, you want to say well melacha is more lenient uh, because it is uh, it, it, because it it's be- the rules are bent in the bet hamikdash so therefore kalvachomer if there's karet for that there's going to be karet for eating and drinking on yom kippur but it's not true because maybe the reason why there is karet in the case of uh, of uh, uh, of melacha is because um, is because it's on every Shabbat and Yom Tov, and so it's uh, and so it's different, and and that's a stringency. In other words, that's a stringency that gives it the karet that it's something that exists on every Shabbat and Yom Tov. That's a stringency, and you can't apply that to Inuy and derive from that that there would be karet because most of the mitzvot that are particular to the Chagim, like Sukkah and things like that, and Lulav and Rosh Hashanah, hearing the shofar, they don't have uh, isur karet. Uh, not hearing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah doesn't give you isur karet. Not going in the Sukkah doesn't give you isur karet. So maybe maybe. Melacha is unique because it's something you have on every Shabbat and Yom Tov. So true that it is more negotiable, that it's violated in the Beit Hamikdash. But the fact is that you could argue that it's because it's a general prohibition that it applies to every Shabbat and Yom Tov that it has karet, not because uh, not because of uh, you know, and you wouldn't be able to derive from that the inui. So therefore, you need the mention of karet in both cases is the point, okay? And and without that, you wouldn't be able to derive that there's karet in both cases. And so therefore, you can't say it's extra. It is a positive commandment. The question is, why doesn't the Torah come out and say something negative to sound like it's telling you a not do? It never tells. It just says what's going to happen to the person who fails to. Uh, but it also says what's going. It's like it's like Brit Milah. Is it a negative commandment? No, but you can get karet if you don't get a Brit Milah. It says anybody who doesn't get a Brit can get. Karet. It never says. Don't live without an orla. It doesn't say that. There's no mitzvah. Do not be uncircumcised. There's no such thing. There's only circumcised. So you could say, right, but the, why, so it could also say on Yom Kippur, it's a positive thing. Be afflicted on Yom Kippur. If you're not afflicted on Yom Kippur, you're going to get karet. But there's no negative in the eating and drinking. There's no load ta'aseh where we're going to give you makot for that maybe. Just like we don't give someone makot every day that they didn't have a brit milah, an adult, let's say. We don't say that. It is implied that you can't do certain things. But it's like if I say on Shabbat, Tishbit, uh, you know, Shabbaton, the mitzvah of Shabbaton, that it says, you know, it says on Shabbat, Lishbot. What does Lishbot mean? To rest. What does to rest mean? Not to do work. Okay, but Lishbot is a mitzvah to say. To rest. It's a positive thing of not working. 
right? I'm resting right now. You don't think about just what you're not doing. So if the Torah just gave a mitzvah of rest on Shabbat, that wouldn't be a lotas, that would be a positive. Even though the way you accomplish it is by not working. Right? But it would be a positive. It wouldn't be a negative. You understand what I'm saying? So, so that's, that's what they're saying. So Amar Avinah said, so it's interesting because they basically disputed, the, the, the Gemara disputed the Brayta and dismisses the Brayta basically. It says the argument is not solid in the Brayta. So it wasn't, it wasn't impressed with the Brayta. And now Ravina says, Amar Avinah, hai Tana, etzem etzem Gemara. Really what this Tana is learning from is not a kalvachomer from uh, from inui to melacha or from melacha to inui like you're trying to say and therefore you're trying to say that the braita is not making logical sense it's not, you know, it's not convincing that's only if you assume that it's a kalvachomer it's not a kalvachomer it's, it's a, it's a gzera shava because it says the word etzem right be'etzem ayomazeh for inui and be'etzem ayomazeh for melacha it says be'etzem both times meaning and that's mufneh that is, that is extra dilo mufneh because if it's not extra dilo mufneh ikal mifrach kidabachinat Right, so because otherwise you're going to have what we said before that you could say that well you needed the emphasis in in the particular cases you needed the emphasis in the case of melacha or you needed the emphasis in the case of inui. So the fact that it mentioned it must be that it's considered extra. But and it's, we cannot do kalvachomer for karet. You can't do kalvachomer for onesh of the bedin. Hashem doesn't need a kalvachomer to give karet. He can do whatever he wants with karet. Is bidei shemai, so he doesn't have any rules. So we only it's only related to the bedin. Same. So when it comes, so we do have an idea of in onshin minatin, which means we don't derive. So you're right. The betdin wouldn't be able to. That's a question for this whole gemara. You could ask. Yeah. Meaning, how can the gemara use kalvachomer and say, oh, therefore we can give the person makot? Because that that's a, that's the question. Not for the karet, actually. For the for the ownership of the betdin, it's a good oh, question. Because in onshin minatin, normally we don't create a lotase from a kalvachomer and therefore apply. But now it's saying it's exera shavan, not a kalvachomer. So maybe it's better. Right? So how do we now how do we know that? So it says and, and actually La'ayeh is indeed extra. Why? why? There are five five psukim mentioned with Mlacha. What are they? One is to tell you you can't do Mlacha during the day. One is to say you can't do it during the night. One is for the punishment of the day. Because because the Avodav Yom Kippur probably happened during the day, I would guess. Because it's connected to the Avodav Yom Kippur in the Torah. When you read in the Torah in Parashat Acharimot, it seems like it's connected to the Avodah. You might think it's only during the day. It doesn't mention the nighttime there. It only mentions that in Parashat Amor. When it says Me'erev Ad'erev, because probably you would have thought it was related to the Avodah of the Yom Kippur, right? I, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm just guessing, I'm saying it off the top of my head, but that's what I would guess. One is for the punishment of the day, again, to show that they're both just as strict, day and night, okay, the punishment. So then you have one extra one. So the extra mention, the extra, now it doesn't tell you which pasuk is the extra, I guess that's not so critical to know, but uh, it mentions it four times, it mentions not to do mlacha, between Acharemot and Parshat Emor and Parshat Pinchas, which is this week. Between the three of them, four times it mentions not to do mlacha, and one time it mentions the karet, okay? So that's, so the five times, four of them are necessary. One is extra to link it back to the case of the fasting and to show you that the two are connected. Okay? And therefore, just like Melacha has Azhara and Onesh, so too, uh, the fasting has Azhara and Onesh, meaning there's a Lotase that the Bet Din could actually uh, hold somebody accountable for with Makot. And there's also uh, a, 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 an Onesh, of course, to be Dei Shamayim of Karet, that's a separate thing. 
Now, uh, now the said, "No, There are two cases where we find inui. He's here. It's talking about somebody who commits adultery. Inat a person who, who um, literally it means to uh, uh, afflict his his neighbor's wife. Right? That's the pasuk of Inat a person who uh, who afflicts his neighbor's wife, meaning he had uh, he committed adultery. It's called inui. Right? So we know there. That when it comes to adultery, what do we say? He's here, just like over there by adultery. We know that there's a, a, a the, the Torah tells you you may not commit adultery, and then tells you what the punishment is. He's here. The inui here also implies an azara. So they're saying it's an implication. It's an implied warning. Okay. Now, uh, we could actually make a gzera shavah and learn from Shabbat, uh, the regular ordinary Shabbat, they call Shabbat Bereshit, meaning the Saturday Shabbat, to the case of Yom Kippur. Many times it says Shabbat Bereshit means Shabbat, means Friday, Saturday. So it's saying, just like over there, it t- tells you many times, don't do melacha, and then it says a punishment, so too it's implied when it tells you to do inui on this Shabbat of Yom Kippur, Right, that also it means that there's a, a, a warning as well, and we know that we learned that Shabbat Shabbaton teaches you inui, teaches you also the idea of uh, of, of uh, affliction. So Rav Papa Amar that who gufei Shabbat you don't even need to go to Shabbat Bereshit, you don't have to find Gzera Shabbat to ordinary Shabbat because it itself is called Shabbat. It says regarding Yom Kippur that it is a. Uh, it, that it, it is a Shabbat. It says rest on your Shabbat, meaning Yom Kippur is called the Shabbat. So therefore, just like the ordinary Shabbat has warning and punishment, so to the Shabbat of Yom Kippur. In other words, it's saying you don't even need to you don't need to make a Gzera Shabbat to Shabbat. You could just say the word Shabbat implies both a negative and a positive, just like in the case of regular Shabbat and the case of Yom Kippur too. And the Shabbat Shabbaton doesn't take away from that. Why would it? It's more. It's more emphatic. It's not that, really more. There, Really? I, I never, I don't know, but it could be. I, I missed certain things, I don't know. But um, uh, Papa's, uh, so the question is, it makes sense why Rav Papa didn't like Rav Chabar Yaakov, because he, his inter- interpretation in Drasha, because, because taking a pasuk from within, right, which is a pasuk about Yom Kippur, is more convincing than having to compare it to something on the outside, which is Shabbat Bereshit, the regular Shabbat. But why didn't Rav Chabar Yaakov take an internal proof from within Yom Kippur? It's called Shabbat. So he says, no, he needed it for something else. Because it says you should afflict yourselves on the ninth of the month. Right? That's the pasuk in Parashat Emor. It says, It says you should do it on the ninth day. So it sounds like it sounds like you're supposed to fast on the ninth day. Talmud Lomar Ba'erev, it says no in the evening. Maybe that means nightfall. Talmud Lomar Betisha, but it says the ninth. And by the time you get to the night, night it's already the tenth. Right, that shows you that you're supposed to start fasting before the day starts. That's called Tosefet Yom Kippur. That's where they learn. That's how they show. That would be. That would not be Me'erev Ad'erev. That would be Me'erev Ad'erev. That would be too many. They, because then I wouldn't call it Me'erev Ad'erev. That would be that would be way too. That would be two days long. That would be that would be that would be forty eight hours. I don't think I would call it Me'erev Ad'erev. Right? So, but the point is that what Mikan Shemosifin Mechol Lakodesh. See from that that you add 
That's where they learn from the fact that it mentions the ninth day of, uh, of Tishrei when it's trying to emphasize. That shows you you're supposed to add a little bit onto Yom Kippur, right? That's only in the beginning. How do you know that even at the end, you're not supposed to run out the second that it's over on the dot and run out and eat? It says from evening to evening, meaning it's emphasizing that you should wait till full nightfall on the other side too. That's only on Yom Kippur. How do you know that this same concept applies also to Shabbatot this time Shabbatot minai I didn't know Shabbat also Talmud Lamar Tishbetu it uses the word Tishbetu which applies to which compares it to Shabbat right so then we, then the question is okay Tishbetu means also on Shabbat you should add a little bit right so then uh, because it's in Yom Kippur it uses the word Tishbetu Shabbatachim it emphasizes Tishbetu Shabbatachim rest your Shabbat it emphasizes extra words lots of extra words in, Shabbat, in the Yom Kippur it's taking Tishbetu Shabbatachim to refer also to Shabbat you should have extra Eni Ela Shabbatot Yamim Tovim Inayin is what it should say Talmud Lamar Shabbatachim that's a pasuk about Yom Kippur so it's saying, why do you have to emphasize Tishbetu Shabbatachem? How many times do you have to say the same thing? Right. So it's saying, so they're saying, well, it's a drasha. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So but the point is, there's a whole discussion about it because the Rambam doesn't bring anything about Tosef at Yom uh, Shabbat or Yom Tov. Not, you know, Yom Kippur, yes. He doesn't, he doesn't bring the rest of this. He doesn't bring Shabbat or Yom Tov. He only has Tosef of Yom Kippur. And, it's, and so he obviously didn't take this entire thing or he didn't have it. Um, but either way, so the answer is Shabbat Chem HaKetzad, Koma Koma Shemar Shavot, Mosifin Mechol Al HaKodesh. Anytime it tells you to rest, you should add a little bit from the weekday onto the holiness. And that's what you, so therefore, that Pasuk Tishbetu Shabbat Chem is already being used to show that you need to generalize the adding of Chol Al HaKodesh to all of the Shabbatot and Yamim Tovim. So he can't use it to teach you the warning against eating on Yom Kippur in addition to the punishment. And that's what we were looking for. We we're looking for a pasuk for that. So he, therefore he had to go and say that there's a Gzerah Shabbat from Yom Kippur to Shabbat, that just like on Shabbat, there is a warning against doing Malacha and as well as the punishment on, on Yom Kippur there's a warning as well as a punishment for all the prohibitions what about the Tanah that compared Be'etzem and Etzem in other words the Tanah that, uh, that we saw in the previous Amud that Ravina said was making a Gzera Shava and saying that from Lacha to, uh, to Inui, you can learn that the two both have a warning and a punishment. So therefore, he doesn't need He doesn't need the Pasuk of to teach you um, this idea of the uh, warning from Tishpetu Shabbatachem. So what does he need? So he uses it. He's going to learn what Rabbi Chiyabar Rav Midifti said. Right? So um, it, because what did he say? He said before that, in other words, it's saying that the Tanav Etzem Etzem said that only you only get karet for Etzem Ayomazeh. You don't get it for Tosefet Cholal Kodesh, meaning to say that he already assumed, in other words, he already assumed that there's an idea of Tosefet because he was saying, how do you know that you don't get karet for the Tosefet? Meaning he sees the Tosefet as part of the main mitzvah, not an extra drasha that you get from somewhere else, but part of the main mitzvah, just that it has a less punishment, right? Are so, 24 hours and not 25 hours? Or that's already... I don't know about that. that that's about a safek on either side of the uh-huh. Benish Roshah, that's a different thing. But he, he, the so point what is that... Are you doing that safekta? What? I mean, you doing that safekta, I mean, it's going to be a safek of etzem, so you're going to have a question. It's going to be a safek. Yeah. But you wouldn't need a pasuk to tell you that. 
because that's you're doing that anyway. Yeah, we always say so you don't need a pasuk from a first effect. But the, the point is that he's saying here that that etzem etzem tana assumed that there's Tosefet Yom Kippur. He was a- just asking, how do you know that you don't get karet for eating during Tosefet Yom Kippur? Right? So obviously, hold on one second. So obviously, you don't need, according to that, a pasuk, extra pasuk to teach about Tosefet because he was saying Tosefet is built in from the beginning. He didn't need this pasuk. So what does he do with Biti Shalachodesh Be'erav since he doesn't need that to teach you? He's saying you start with a full package including Tosefet. How do I know that the Tosefet doesn't give you karet? That he's not a right. That's a totally different approach than saying Yom Kippur has karet. How do I know that you should also add on to it? Uh, that 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 addition obviously doesn't have karet because it's a totally separate drasha from the pasuk. He's a, the 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 person who's writing this this brayta that we just read is clearly not saying that there's karet during the tosefet because he's saying it's an extra thing that the pasuk teaches you that you should add on in all cases of Shabbat and Yom Tov you should add on mechol ala kodesh that's a totally different thing the, the Tanab before who said oh how do I know you don't get karet during tosefet Yom Kippur must assume that tosefet is built into the mitzvah it's not an extra drasha and in fact you need an exemption from karet for that time Right? So then the question because what does he do with this Pasuk of Betisha Lachodesh since he doesn't need it to teach you about any addition, right? About the extension of the time. So it says, he uses it, We don't fast on the ninth. So why does it say you should fast on the ninth? Anybody who eats and drinks on the ninth day of, of, of uh, Tishrei in order to prepare for uh, Yom Kippur. It says if he fasted both days. Of course, there's a lot of different interpretations of why that is. Some say that that's because you're preparing and you're doing, and since you're doing a preparation for the mitzvah, it's as if you did the mitzvah itself on the ninth of uh, Tishrei. Some say, no, it's, on the, it's opposite. It's because it makes it harder because since you ate a lot on the ninth, so then it's going to make your stomach expand and then on the tenth, it's going to be harder. You can experience it more. Both of them could be true. I think they both have truth. And so I, I heard another beautiful explanation that since Yom Kippur is really supposed to be a day of uh, happiness because you're coming close to Hashem, but we can't, right, really there should have been a meal on Yom Kippur, but we don't have the ability to have a meal on Yom Kippur because of Inui, so we have the meal before, but really it's a, to show that actually Yom Kippur is not a sad day, it's supposed to be a happy day. Yeah, I like that explanation.